Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Well, tax season is right around the corner. Are you prepared? And, of course, there have been a lot of changes, so we're going to try to bring you up to date on some of the significant things that will be impacting you as you file your taxes this year and perhaps the things that you need to look forward to in doing this year to lessen maybe even the impact on you next year. But at any rate, we're going to discuss taxes. Oh, of course, it's all our favorite subject. My guest is Rich Stang. He is the managing partner for Del- for DeLeon and Stang CPAs. And Rich, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, um, this is a fascinating subject because we all are supposed to pay our taxes. Um, I know there have been a lot of changes, a lot of stuff going on. So I'm, I'm let's just walk through some of the significant things. What, what do you think is one of the most significant things that is were the results of the tax changes? I think with the, the reduction of tax rates, what we're seeing for a lot of our clients, the vast majority at various income levels, is that most people are seeing a reduction in their tax. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get a bigger refund for, for another reason, but we are seeing that their taxes are coming down if you compare uh, the same numbers from the old law to the new law. So there's, I think you said earlier before we went on the air, there was something like 80% of your clients have actually seen the amount of the total taxes that they're paying to Uncle Sam. Yes, based on the projections that we did throughout 2018 mm-hmm. and, the, and the number of returns that we've already done so far this year, that is what okay. we're seeing. But now we are hearing people are saying, well, I'm, people are not getting as much of a refund this year as they did last year. But there's actually really a quite sensible explanation for that, isn't there? Yes, and, and that is true. Uh, we are seeing that as well. And, and what's happened is when the tax law changed uh, back in February, uh, part of the change was to modify the withholding tables. And so most people who have taxes withheld from their paycheck or from their pensions saw the withholding of federal tax come down. So there was more money in each check, um, each paycheck that came through. And in many cases, uh, the amount of tax withholding uh, that was adjusted is more than the tax savings that they're actually receiving. So they actually overdid it a little bit on the withholding side. Okay, but but that doesn't mean that they owe more taxes per se. That just means that Uncle Sam didn't have all that money uh, for them, for and they were able to use it throughout the year. Is that is that a fair assessment? That's exactly it. They they did see more money each paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to remember but, but that you can't have now it. And, yeah, you can't have it both ways, can you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So now, when it comes time to do the tax return, that that last number, whether you have a refund or whether you owe, is a little bit uh, different than I think mm-hmm. what people were expecting. Well, I think people need to understand that that they are basically, as you said, eighty percent of your clients are seeing a reduction in the amount of taxes that they have to pay. Uh, that, to me, is really the bottom line. But at any rate... Uh, that That is definitely true, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So what are some of the things that have changed significantly within the tax laws? Like the the um, one of the things that, that um, I've always wondered about is the marriage, what, they, what they've always called the marriage penalty. I don't exactly know what that means, um, 
but what is it and and is it impacted by the new tax laws? Well, I think that what the marriage penalty used to be uh, and, and uh, is that, you know, two people who were single could potentially file and pay less tax than if they were married filing a joint return. There were some things built into the tax law that actually uh, did did lend itself to that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're finding in the new tax law is that it's actually uh, seems to be more friendly to married couples as mm-hmm. opposed to single filers. Uh, and, I, you know, just in a couple of cases where, where certain deductions phase out, they are phasing out more quickly for single filers than they are for married filers or even double, you know, the, the yes. number for the single. So I think it's actually tilted a little bit the other way. Uh, not se- severely, but tilted a little bit the other way. Okay. Yes. Now, uh-huh. uh-huh. All right. What, what about uh, child care? Has that been impacted by the taxes, what you have to pay for child care? There has been no change to the child care credit. So if you if you incur child care expenses, there is a small tax credit that you can get uh, for uh, for paying child care. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the changes um, that I think will affect a lot of uh, filers with children is that there's something called the child tax credit. So if you have children under 17, we used to have a a child tax credit was $1,000, a credit on your taxes per child. And that number is doubled to $2,000, number one. So that's a big benefit. And then secondly, uh, that that child credit phased out for married couples when your income started to hit $110,000. And so a lot of people lost the impact of that credit. Um, and now that that phase out doesn't start for married couples until four hundred thousand dollars. That makes a so lot again, more. Again, we're seeing a yeah. lot more filers. Yeah, that makes a lot we're of sense. We're seeing a lot sense. more filers that, getting yeah. that credit. Right. So that makes a lot of sense, and that's really a positive for people with children under seventeen years of age. So anyway, yes. absolutely, yes. that's um, that, that seems to me like to, to be rather significant, um, given the fact that you're putting kids through school, and you have to put, you also have to put the kids through. Uh, daycare when you're if you're working and and your child is is too young for school um okay yeah, the daycare that's mm-hmm. right yep that makes a big difference how um mm-hmm. and how let me ask you just a question how do you guys keep up with all these changes it seems to me like you must be studying <laughs> night and day uh it you know you you go through there there's been a lot of uh, courses i you know I, I know there's been a certain a big increase in the number of courses people are taking uh, those those people that offer those courses all had banner years last year oh yeah um you do you have to just go through it and hopefully have a pretty good memory so that when you when you see it uh, once you, you can remember <laughs> most of it um, I, I will tell you, I have picked up, uh, this is a kind of an interesting side note, but we've picked up a number of new clients who have told us that their CPAs are retiring. And oh. I suspect that they did not want to go through this again. So, Learning a new tax code and all that it entails. Right. Yeah, I could, I could hear that that could be uh, something that people don't want to, want to do, especially at some particular point late in your career and you're ready to let it go and hang it up and you know, go out there and let somebody else worry about it. So I, right. I understand right. that. But um, the picture you're giving me is that that 
a lot of people are benefiting from from what's going on here. Okay, so let's just take a, a brief pause here to let our listeners know that they are tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Wooker. My guest is Rich Stang. He is a certified public accountant, and he's the managing partner for DeLeon and Stang CPAs. And Rich, I really appreciate your taking the time out to talk to us about this because this is something that impacts almost all of us. So a very important, very important subject. Okay. Thank you. Let's talk about some of the other, uh, you've, you've talked about the child credit. What about the estate exemption? We've often heard of people having to sell the farm because they couldn't pay the taxes. What's going on in that area? Yeah, two two things have happened. Uh, one, one is not a, necessarily a result of this tax law, but it is a recent change. So first of all, the estate exemption for any individual is now $11 million. So mm-hmm. any individual can leave up to $11 million to their beneficiaries without paying any estate tax. Mm-hmm. That That's the federal law. Um, and, and, and the other piece is that that exemption is now what they call portable, meaning that one spouse can pass an unused exemption to the other spouse, you know, without worrying about trusts and things like that. Uh, So a married couple can now pass $22 million to their heirs without any estate tax being paid. Um, I think that covers the lion's share of of most couples. Uh, Mm -hmm. There aren't very, very many... um, couples or even individuals that that we know that are too worried about estate taxes right now. Right. So that really is a big, big change. I mean, I know people who own businesses and and this was a concern for them. Some of them took out insurance um, on themselves, Mm -hmm. high insurance, so that they they could pay the what they call the death tax. So um, that that's right, and especially for a business owner or someone, you know, a farm, perhaps a non-liquid assets, mm-hmm. where you have to get that that estate settled pretty quickly once someone passes. And the idea was they they typically had to sell that that big asset to pay any estate taxes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you have to rush to make a sale, you typically don't get the same value either. Yeah. Well. Mm. Interesting, interesting things and, and some of the, the things that have been changed. Boy, there's a lot of changes. By the way, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. You've had answers for all of them so far, Rich. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what, what are the – I, I take it you're not making up the answers, that you're really giving me the good story. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, let's talk about what about people who are uh, setting up uh, retirement accounts. How how have the tax laws changed the way we do that? Um, what are the things that we need to know? Yeah, those who most people who are employed, uh, hopefully their employer offers them the ability to contribute to a four hundred one k plan, mm-hmm. um, and and so each each year the amount that you can defer the maximum amount that you can defer into a four hundred one k plan it might go up a little bit. So in two thousand nineteen. The maximum that you can defer into a 401k plan is 19,000. That that's up 500 from the year before. Mm-hmm. And for those who are 50 or older, a fairly recent provision, maybe in the last 10 years, is called the catch-up provision. So the idea is, if you need a little extra kicker as you get to your later years and you're approaching retirement, you can do more. And so the catch-up amount is $6,000. So those that are 50 or older 
could defer up to $25,000 wow, uh, into, into a 401k. Because, yep, yeah, yep. during your, your salad days, you may not have the money to put into it. And as you get older and are earning more, you couldn't afford to put more money into it. And now you can. I like that. That's right. Yeah. The bigger thing, especially for younger workers, um, you know, they, they might say, well, gee, you know, 19000 sounds great, but I can't do that. But most employers who offer 401ks also give you a match. And so if, if I, a, a typical match is an employer will match 50 cents on the dollar for the first 6% of your pay. So if I put in 6%, my employer gives me 3%. Mm-hmm. If I put in nothing, my employer gives me nothing. So the advice that we give to younger folks starting out is you want to put in, you want to try to defer at least as much as you can to get the maximum mm-hmm. match from your employer. Absolutely. Because in my example, that's a 50% return on your money. Wow. Boy, it sure is. We can't do that anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Not even in yep. the stock market. Uh, so that, so. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, right. Wow. Well, yeah, especially lately, right? <laughs> it's- Hey, well, what do you say? You don't look every day. You, don't, you just can't look every day. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That'll drive you crazy. Um, okay. Yeah. What are some of the other things, anything particular that stands out that we need to know about? I want yeah, to go back. I want to talk about businesses specifically later, but let's just look at the individual filers right now. Okay. I think the the biggest item uh, for individual filers is the standard deduction has been expanded. So when you file your tax return, you either itemize or you take a standard deduction, just mm-hmm. a, an amount that the IRS gives you automatically. And and so for married couples, the standard deduction is now $24,000. That's almost double what it used to be. And for single filers, the standard deduction is $12,000, which, again, is almost almost double what it used to be. And so we're going to see um, many – there's going to be a lot less people itemizing their deductions because the total of their itemized deductions aren't going to reach that level of 24000 for a married couple. Um, so that should – help simplify things a little bit. Um, but for those that have itemized before, I think they're still going to have to go through the exercise of mm-hmm. trying to figure out if, if itemizing is going to be better or if mm-hmm. the standard deduction is going to be better. Okay. Now, the things um, that you can itemize and get credit for, which like chari- charitable deductions and so on, have those changed? Yes, they, they have. So, so there, there, used, there, there were five components. Uh, three of them are the major ones, but the first component is medical. Medical has to be over a certain amount of your income mm-hmm. before you can deduct anything. So most people that have decent health insurance typically don't get a medical deduction. Uh, the second component is taxes, and that's where another change has occurred. So taxes are your real estate taxes, your state and local taxes that you pay through your paycheck or pension. Mm-hmm. And then it, uh, for those states that have it, maybe a car tax, like a personal property tax. Mm-hmm. So right now, under the new law, you add up all your taxes, but the most you can deduct in that category is $10,000. So a lot of people are losing some of their deduction as it relates to taxes. Because they live in states uh, with high taxes. High taxes or, you know, of course, obviously, the higher the income, the higher the state tax sure. that you would have. And so you might you might lose there, too. Um, the um, but again, uh, that that category is capped at 10,000. So here again, a lot of people, because of that cap, may, may still be using the standard deduction mm-hmm. because they're not 
they don't have enough to itemize. Right. Um, the right. third category is mortgage interest. So you know you Let, would write off your mortgage on. interest. Can you hang on a minute and talk about mortgage interest? Let's huh? just uh, let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know that they're tuned into of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest today is Rich Stang. He is a certified public accountant, and he's the managing partner for DeLeon, DeLeon, excuse me, Rich, and Stang CPAs. Um, I think I want to make it French. Anyway, <laughs> we're, so, we're so glad you're taking the time out to, to update us on what was going on. Okay, mortgage deductions. Let's talk about those. Yeah, so mortgage interest remains deductible, um, you know, for up to you, either a, a one home or if you have a second home, like a vacation home, you can deduct, you can still deduct mortgage interest on, on both homes, subject to a cap. If, you're, if your total debt is too high, um, that some of that mortgage interest could be limited, that that number under this new law was reduced from a million dollars of debt to $750,000, so there could be some limits on mortgage interest, but most people, I, I think, still would be able to fully deduct their mortgage interest. Uh, charitable contributions, the rules for deducting those are unchanged. Uh, there, there were lots of uh, news bites that said, you know, charity is going away or you won't be able to deduct as much. That was related to the fact that if you use a standard deduction, you really don't get a tax benefit from contributing to charity because you have to itemize to deduct your charitable donations. And that's not So those changed. are the main components right. of itemizing. That hasn't changed, right. It's just a matter of whether you would use that standard deduction or not. Right. So uh, I think a lot of filers have to look at, um, uh, you know, whether or not they're really getting a tax benefit uh, from either their mortgage interest because, again, if you don't, if you don't itemize and you use the standard deduction, you really aren't getting a benefit from your mortgage interest. Well, it would pay for some people to sit down and calculate it both ways, right? I, I think it's going to, especially in light of the change, because I think most people who are used to itemizing really aren't going to be sure whether they should itemize or use the standard deduction mm -hmm. unless they go through the exercise of calculating, you know, all the Figure charity and the mortgage right. interest and so forth. And, yeah, and, and will that, those, those calculations that they're going to do right now in terms of whether or not they do standard or itemized, those would continue to apply, let's say, to next year's taxes because the tax laws, are there changes that are going to take place from the filing year of 2018, which we're upon us now, or the filing year of 2019, which would be in 2020. Well, as, as, first of all, right now we're we're always saying never say never anymore. <laughs> but the right. bottom line is, uh, yeah, everything would be the same okay. for the 19 taxes, which of course we'll file next year at this time. So do uh, all really the work right now, and you'll lay changes. the yeah. Do the work now, and you'll lay the groundwork for for what's going to come down the road, hopefully. Hopefully, Definitely. We, 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 right. as you say, no, right. nothing is ever absolutely certain. Okay, let's talk. Ab right. Let's talk about how the impact the impact on business taxes. And I believe you uh, started to talk about something uh, on. We mentioned it briefly earlier. What's what's going on in terms of small businesses, um, and how are they impacted by the tax changes? Yeah. So just a brief context. I mean, they for, for they did lower the corporate tax rate, um, and and so corporations have a lower rate now than they used to. But there are many businesses, especially uh, you know locally owned businesses or 
or consultants, sole proprietors that are not corporations. Um, they might they might be pass through entities, LLCs, uh, sole proprietors, and so to kind of give them the same break, a business potentially gets to deduct 20 percent, two zero percent of their net business income right off of their bottom, you know, off of their taxable income. So if I have a business and that business netted $100,000, uh, I, I get a deduction of $20,000 uh, so off of my income. Well, that seems to me that that is, is a great boon to small businesses that may not be incorporated. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That That is correct. And, and there are a lot of uh, uh, caveats and restrictions on that, especially as we get into higher income levels. But mm-hmm. um uh, this 20% deduction for small business owners is, is definitely a, uh, you know, they, they've talked about promoting small businesses. This is going to be a oh, big yeah. help. Oh, my goodness. It, it sounds very significant to me. What did, they, what did they have right before the new tax laws? What were they up against? Well, I mean, businesses, um, you know, income that business owners earn um, is subject to income tax, just like wages. So all of um, it would have been subject to taxes, and now 20% of it that's correct. will be exempt from taxes. I, I love that. That's correct. That's, yeah, because, I yeah. mean, our let's face it, our economy is made up of small businesses. Um, they're critical to our growth. Am I not right about that? Yes. Yeah. That's okay. right. No, definitely so. so. We have a, we just have a few minutes left here. Um, what are, what have I missed? What do we need? What else do we need to talk about um, that I've not yeah. been able to put my finger on? Yeah. I, I, again, I'll go back and say that, you know, what we're seeing is that most filers are seeing um, a reduction in their taxes. I, I think, you know, from, from, for an, from an individual standpoint, that's mm-hmm. got to be helpful. Yep. Uh, one other issue that we've seen um, at, at certain higher income levels, a lot of people uh, complain and talk about something called the alternative minimum tax, which mm-hmm. is a very complicated part of the tax law. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's been restructured to where we're seeing very, very few people being impacted by the alternative minimum tax. So I think that will help simplify the filing, number one, but also uh, give uh, those individuals who were subject to that a pretty nice break as oh, well. I love that. More yeah. money. Yeah. More money. I can go, yeah. I can go buy more meals, more clothes, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's what uh, happens, isn't it? <laughs> Most of it goes back, right. a lot Absolutely. of it goes back into the economy or for those of us who don't have a, a, a lot of deposit and money in the bank, we're going to save it. Um, okay. That's so right. what, what would be the advice you give? We have just a, like a minute here. What would you say to taxpayers right now? What should they do? Well, one is always be on top of things. I mean, I, it, it's very hard to make a move today that's going to affect your 18 taxes. Uh, the year's already over. So right. to do good planning, you have to really uh, understand what's going on. So as people approach 19, they're doing their 18 taxes now. Um, now you can, you know, at least take a, a little pause, I guess, to think about what you could do in 19 based on what you're seeing from your 18 return. Mm-hmm. Uh, to hopefully help you out. And then secondly, as we talked about earlier, this withholding change has been painful for a number of people. So to the extent they didn't adjust withholding previously as they do their return and maybe get a surprise right now that's not so pleasant, 
uh, everybody needs to look at adjusting their withholding. Well, yeah, they may they may want to make that change. I mean, I I think that's uh, that makes right. imminent sense, and and that's under the control yeah. of the individual. How much do you want Uncle Sam Definitely. to have up front, and how much do you want to be liable for at the end? Rich, this has been fascinating. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. I hope our listeners have benefited as much as I think I have. I sure know a lot more right now. Um, And I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. You've been listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. My guest has been Rich Stang, who is a certified public accountant, and he's the managing partner for DeLeon and Stang, CPAs, and Rich, again, thank you so much for joining us. We, uh, You're listening to us. I'm Shirley Rooker. If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. Thank you so much. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.